Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We start with some breaking news tonight. President Trump has just weighed in and on Twitter on the U.S. Senate race here in North Dakota. He tweeted out just a little bit ago, congratulations to Kevin Kramer on his huge, huge win in North Dakota. We need Kevin in the Senate. I strongly endorse him. Heidi voted no on our tax cuts and always will vote no when we need her. Kevin is strong on crime and borders, big on cutting taxes. Now, President Trump is referring to Congressman Kramer getting nearly 88% of the vote last night in our primary. And joining us live right now from D.C. is Congressman Kevin Kramer. Congressman Kramer, first off, congrats on the big win last night. And obviously, we've got to start with your reaction here uh, to President Trump's tweet. Well, thanks, Chris, for the opportunity and for the congratulations. Well, well, it, you know, it wasn't unexpected, I guess, certainly not by me, and I don't think by most of the people that are, that are close to the campaign. Um, but it's always nice to get. Obviously, the, the president, interestingly, has been a little busy lately trying to save the uh, world from a uh, nuclear-armed North Korea and, of course, trying to fight back uh, against uh, the crazy Iran nuclear deal. And um, you know, keep our economy robust and, and uh, all those things that presidents do. So, uh, but I think it was appropriate that he waited until after we both won our respective, our respective primaries and he weighed in on the general election. It was, it was welcome. You know, it's amazing. We, we booked you for tonight a long time ago to talk about this North Korea deal. And I honestly, with everything going on, don't even know we're going to get to that tonight. So we'll talk about the politics <laughs> of that tweet, you know, which is just stunning to me when you think about how historical it was. But there's just so much going on. We'll get to the politics of his tweet in a moment. But one of the things he did mention, as you know, uh, Kevin Kramer strong on crime and borders. Next week, the House is going to be voting on two immigration bills. Yeah. Uh, one is the Bob Goodlatte bill, very conservative. I want to talk more about the moderate one. Some new news came out about that sure. just recently. $25 billion for the wall, uh, citizenship for 1.8 million dreamers. They're not going to separate parents and kids at the border. Will you vote for this more moderate bill? Well, first of all, Chris, as you know, I'm an original co-sponsor of the Goodlap bill. I think that's a very good conservative bill, and I was proud to put my name to it as soon as it came out, and I'm, you know, I'm clearly going to vote for that bill. Will I vote for the more moderate, the, the compromise bill that's probably more likely to pass? Certainly I will. Um, I think we'll have our shot first at the more conservative bill. But, you know, the, the, the bill that's been, um, you know, comp the compromise bill really is right down the center of, of what President uh, Trump put out in his four pillars. And, uh, you know, I have to hand it to the moderates. They really gave a lot on that, particularly with the $25 billion for the wall, which, by the way, has to be spent before the dreamer piece goes into effect. So that trigger makes all the difference in the world. And I'm assuming, just because we know the games in D.C., what, two things. One, that money's got to be spent on the big, beautiful wall, I assume. And two, yeah, I think many right. people are saying, okay, you're, you're going, oh, I will vote for this, but then that means you're going to grant basically amnesty to 1.8 million people. It, it really doesn't, Chris, because um, it's not straight am amnesty. Because, again, I've got to hand it to the moderates, the people that really feel the most strongly about that fourth pillar. Um, besides the, the $25 billion trigger, and remember, $25 billion is just for the wall. There's another $13 billion for additional border security that are, that's included in, uh, in what's called the, the McCall or Goodlatte McCall bill. But it also requires those um, dreamers or, or DACA recipients to meet certain criteria beyond the building of the wall, and that is either they have a job for four out of five years, that they either have a four-year college degree or a two-year degree or some sort of a worker certificate. So they have to be contributing 
to the economy and, and contributing to society in the United States. And furthermore, Chris, we don't add any visas. So you have the, the end of chain migration, the end of the lottery visa program, repurposing some of those visas so that the dreamers don't get to the front of the line. They, in fact, they have a more rigorous path to legal status than people who are already in the system. So I think that's a significant concession on the part of the moderates, in my, in my view, anyway. You read my mind. I was going to follow up about the chain migration stuff. So let's move on to this. Obviously, these bills are sure. big news here back in North Dakota, meeting these immigration bills, because part of the deal that was struck when the House Farm Bill went down is the, the, the Freedom Caucus wanted to vote on immigration right. bills before we get a vote on the Farm Bill. So with the way things are laid out, I know there's been a lot of meetings as of late, uh, how certain are you there's going to be a, a vote on the Farm Bill next week? <laughs> I'm completely certain until I change my mind, Chris, because that's <laughs> how this place works. <laughs> it's, um, I feel awfully good about it. And I was I'm very heartened today when Mark Meadows, the, you know, as you know, he's the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. He's a classmate of mine. And uh, he and I don't agree on, on everything. And um, sometimes you might say we don't agree on much. But he did he did confirm his support for the farm bill given this deal that has been struck and you know all the only thing that they really required of us was that we vote on the good lap bill not that we even pass it the fact that that they pushed that issue brought uh, everybody to the table and i've been you know part of some of it particularly in the last week where where all sides get together look eyeball to eyeball and say what can we give on what can we give to this and and given that i think we're not only going to have a vote on the good lap bill i think there's a very good chance we'll pass the 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 president's four pillar bill and in fact there's a fair chance that that bill could actually become law if we pass it with a good number so back up so you're saying that you're going to possibly pass the good lap bill or the more moderate bill no, it's more likely we'll pass the more moderate okay. bill. So the good lab bills just never had enough votes. And there are some other things we need to do, Chris, by the way. We still need to work on, on the uh, guest worker program. We need to work on E-Verify. Th these are things that I, as a conservative, really want to see, particularly the E-Verify uh, mandate. But we'll work on those in the next tranche. But these are the things that we can get enough agreement on to pass a bill and perhaps make it become law. And then... We get to have our farm bill vote, and I'm quite confident it will pass. Uh, as everybody knows, you're running for the U.S. Senate. Today, the U.S. Senate passed their version of the farm bill, 20 to 1, out of committee. Yes. Uh, Senator, the chairman of that ag committee, Pat Roberts, spoke with our D.C. Bureau earlier today. He was asked about, hey, what's your take on the U.S. House bill? I want to share with you what he said and get your thoughts on the other side. Sure. That bill is different. Uh, it will be a totally partisan bill. I think that's very unfortunate. But uh, that's where the House you know, wants to go. And uh, so we'll just have to see and hope that at least uh, some version of the Farm Bill will pass. So two things. One is he says it's unfortunate because it's strictly a partisan bill. Being a North Dakota congressman, what are you going to do to try to get some Democrats to vote for it? And two, are you guys going to get this figured out and put a, a Farm Bill on the president's desk by September 30th? I, I feel very confident about that, Chris. And, and I, to, to Chairman Robert's point, and he and I actually talked about this uh, just last Friday, um, you know, what he's asking from us is please just get us a bill. And that's the same thing that, that Speaker Ryan has said. We just need to pass a bill so we can get it to a conference committee and work out the differences. It is unfortunate the Democrats have decided to make it a strictly partisan bill. Do you know that not one Democrat offered one amendment to the Farm Bill either in committee 
or on the floor. Not one. So they chose to make this a very partisan bill because they, Nancy Pelosi ordered them to. So un unfortunately, people like Colin Peterson were caught into this trap where they, they were forced by their leadership. So there's nothing we can do about that. All we can do is offer up a very good bill. And then w clearly it won't look, uh, by the time it gets all done, it won't look just like the House bill. It won't look just like the Senate bill. It might even look a little more like the Senate bill. I think the, I think the Senate the Ag Committee came up with a very good bill. They have some reforms on an ARC similar to what I offered in the House. They have some um, reforms on Swamp Buster that Senator Hoven offered up that looks you know, an awful lot like the bills that I introduced over here. So I'm feeling awfully good about the product that comes out of this, regardless of whether it looks more like the House bill or the Senate bill. Well, and that's what Debbie Sabino said, is, hey, if they can't figure out things in the House, maybe they'll just straight up vote for the Senate bill. So would you be a yay on just the Senate <laughs> bill alone? Well, I'd have to read the rest of the bill. I've, I've looked at the highlights of it. It was sort of interesting on last Friday. I'd already started looking at it and looking at the highlights of it. But um, I, I would, we'd have to wait and see. Certainly, I want to fight for some of the things that we have, particularly as it relates to work, you know, more strict work requirements for people that are on uh, this, getting the SNAP program that are work capable and have skills that are important in in our marketplace congressman i got several things i want to get through here i know we've got a limited amount of time so i want to touch on this uh, do you support president trump's use of tariffs as a national security reason to put tariffs on steel and aluminum coming from canada one of our best allies well i think you have to remember that the whole point of that that authority is based on um you know on our economic security we don't want to ever be subject to other countries still, particularly if we go into wartime. That said, I think tariffs aren't a real great idea, as I've said all along. I think the tariffs are an okay negotiating tool, but they're a lousy, they're a lousy trade war weapon. And so I think right now we're in, in a little bit of that balancing act, trying to avoid a trade war while using these tools. I will tell you that I strongly support the president's goals on, on making America great again and putting America first. And I think that more people ought to get behind those goals so that we have a united front as we negotiate with our trading partners in Mexico and Canada and, and around the world, particularly in the European Union where, where we have so many friends. Yes or no, should Russia be back to make it now the G8? You know, I, I'm frankly, Chris, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. At, at the same time, I think that they would bring certainly some economic might to the table. It wasn't all that long ago they were a member of mm -hmm. the G8, obviously, and it was their illegal, um, you know, their illegal actions in Crimea that that knocked them off. That, um, you know, I guess I'm not comfortable with it at this point. If they can demonstrate, uh, you know, through better good action and good acts, uh, perhaps they could be invited back. But. Um, you know, I wouldn't be prepared to say they should be right now. All right, I want to move more into the politics in this U.S. Senate race. There was a piece that came out this week from the Washington Post. I want to share a little bit from that and give you a chance to respond for this graphic, sure. graphic up for Congressman Kramer. But the piece says that Kramer says he believes Trump is giving Heitkamp preferential treatment because she's a woman. Then you're quoted as saying, I do think there's a little difference in that she's a woman. That's probably part of it that she's a, you know, a female. He doesn't want to be that aggressive, maybe. I don't know. Do you have any specific reference to show that President Trump has lightened up on people because they're a female? Well, he certainly threw that one out the window today, didn't he, Chris? Uh, along with, uh, he, he went after Claire McCaskill pretty hard as well. First of all, as it says, I don't know. Thank, thank goodness that, uh, that Sean Sullivan, the writer, put the whole quote in as opposed to just the you know, inference that somehow I said he's easy on her because she's a woman. I, I, I was only speculating because I don't know why he's been easy on her. Um, but, but I guess I that's my question is why, why even a, make that speculation? If, there, if you don't have any reference for it, why even make that speculation? 
Well, why not speculate on, on possibilities? Because one thing about me, as you know, I talk to everybody when they ask me questions. I don't duck the, the hard reporters or the good reporters, the conservative reporters or the liberal reporters, the radio talk show hosts from any stripe. Um, I talk to them openly. And so, yeah, it's a lot easier for the, the swamp media like the Washington Post to pull things here and there and try to create a weird headline, which they did in this particular story, or an, or an inference that, that's um, you know, not quite what, what I said. But that's okay. I, I, I get the swamp media just like I understand, um, you know, the, the risks, if you will, of being so accessible. So if you're willing to speculate and now you're saying, hey, it's not because she's a woman, why do you think he's been soft <laughs> sure. on Heidi Heitkamp? I think he was setting her up for this very day. Uh-oh, <laughs> Who knows? I don't, Chris, he's a lot smarter than the rest of us. Let me get into this because I, I did a piece on this and we got a ton of feedback from a congressman uh, about your new ad. And, and I want to get, it's been yeah. a while obviously since this came out, but this is the first time you've been on, sure. so I want to give you a chance to comment on it. Okay. I want to play for everybody uh, the piece that I talked about that I thought, you never, you never put this in an ad. Here's the comment I'm talking about and we'll talk about it on the other side. Sure. We all like Heidi, but she's wrong to oppose this tax cut. I'm Kevin Kramer, candidate for the Senate, and I approve this message. I got to tell you, Congressman, even when my wife said this, she was like, what? <laughs> so why in the world would you say, why would you plant that seed in voters' minds? Well, I don't think I'm planting any seed in voters' minds. The great luxury that we have, that Senator Heitkamp and I have, is that everybody knows us. Everybody's formed opinions. If you look at polling that's been done in the last uh, year, um, we both have basically 100% name ID and almost everybody has an opinion about us. So I'm not planting any seeds that aren't already there. What I am doing is avoiding a race to the bottom, which is what, you know, is, which is how Senator Heitkamp got into the Senate in the first place. And we don't have that need anymore. We have two people that have voting records that are side, can be compared side by side. And I want to keep this on the, uh, on the policy side so, less, than on the, uh, less than on the personality side. So let me ask this. Would you agree? And by the way, the ad's getting rave reviews. Rave reviews. We're, we're from hearing who? from many, many people that are loving it. Lots of our Republican friends, lots of independents. Uh, people are they're loving the ad. They like the tone of it. They like the warmth of it. They like that it's policy-oriented not, and not uh, personal bashing. So let me, let me ask you, so, would, you, know, would you agree that that sure. statement isn't accurate? Well, Chris, I think there's lots of things, if you're going to take them literally, aren't <laughs> accurate. But I think, it's, I think it's very good form to say, look, we all like Heidi. Now, who are we all? Maybe it doesn't include you. Maybe you don't like her, and so I don't speak for you. But I get to speak for me, and I get to speak for um, a good number of people. Because, again, why create a controversy over a personality clash when you can establish that and rather stick to the issues, the policy issues of the day. And that's what I've done, and that's why, that's why I think the ad's been so, as effective as it's been. Last question, sir. When is President Trump sure. coming to Fargo? You know, uh, you might have to ask him that question. I, I would expect that it won't be too terribly you know, long from now, far from now. We've got a lot of work to do this month, still in the Congress of the United States, uh, particularly next week. We, this week, um, we've already taken up two dozen opioid-related bills. We're going to take up some more the rest of the week. Next week, we've got some more. So um, we've got a lot of work to do right now, and uh, the, the schedule just doesn't, hasn't been open, frankly, for a presidential visit. But I would think very fairly soon we'll know something more about a, a specific date. But just remember, we're never going to get a lot, a lot of advance notice on presidential visits. It's never been done. It never will be done for obvious reasons. So um, you, we'll know when we know.
Well, I will say this. It's fun to see him weigh in on Twitter. So <laughs> it's great to have that happen. Congressman Kramer, we always appreciate the time. I know you got a ton going on. Look forward to talking to you again soon, and thank you very much. Pleasure's mine. Thanks, Chris.